On Tuesday, July 13th, President Joe Biden delivered an impassioned speech in Philadelphia about the need to protect voting rights. Biden described the fight against voter suppression laws as the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. He called out Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election as a big lie. He also called on Democrats to continue to work to pass federal voting rights legislation and urge Republicans in Congress to stand for what's right. Now, this after he's uh, Biden has been coming under tremendous pressure from civil rights leaders and black communities across the country saying, hey, you guys are not, you, meaning you're the Biden administration, not doing enough to ensure voting rights. Let us go to um, a clip now from CBS on this. This is the strongest language yet from the president about what he calls an assault on democracy. And while he said that he'll do all he can to fight it, he stopped short of calling for filibuster reform. Baby. President Biden went to the historic place where the U.S. Constitution was signed to push for the sanctity of the ballot box. There's an unfolding assault taking place in America today, an attempt to suppress and subvert the right to vote and fair and free elections. His speech comes as a handful of mostly Republican-led states have passed restrictive voting measures. And less than two weeks after the U.S. Supreme Court upheld two Arizona voting rules, one of those rules bans third-party collection of mail-in ballots, and the other allows election workers to discard ballots cast in the wrong precinct. The 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. And we're going to challenge it vigorously. President Biden has thrown his support behind two voting rights bills. One is named for late civil rights icon and Congressman John Lewis. And the other is the House passed for the People Act, which was blocked by Senate Republicans. More than 50 Texas state Democratic lawmakers fled a special session in Austin for Washington, D.C. They're demanding Congress take action. It is the second time this year they've walked out to stop their Republican-led state legislature from passing new voting measures that include adding ID requirements for mail-in ballots and giving more powers to partisan poll watchers. Texas Democrats will use everything in our power to fight back. I think it's pretty obvious that this is nothing more than a political stunt. Texas GOP Senator John Cornyn blasted the move, and Governor Greg Abbott has threatened to have them arrested and brought back to the State House when they return. And the White House says Vice President Kamala Harris will meet this week with the Texas legislators who fled the state. Last week, she announced the Democratic National Committee will add $25 million to its existing efforts to register and turn out voters. All righty, and I'd now like to welcome our guest, Barbara Arnwine. We'd like to welcome her again to Sojourner Truth, veteran civil rights and human rights leader and advocate, currently the president and founder of the Transformative Justice Coalition for 26 years. She held it down as the executive director of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. And I'd like to note that her replacement actually has now uh, been named as part of the Biden team. Barbara Arnwine achieved national and international renown for her work on the 1991 Civil Rights Act, the creation of the 2011 voter suppression uh, map of shame. And she continues in this vein doing 
uh, tirelessly, it seems. Uh, it seems as though, um, Barbara Arnwine, practically every other time I talk with you, you either had just been arrested doing civil disobedience or planning <laughs> on being arrested and doing civil disobedience. So we're glad that you have the time to be with us this morning and you're not in jail, uh, Barbara, protesting this outrage of uh, the, the taking away of the right to vote for so many of us. Barbara Arnwine, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, uh, my next arrest is tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you see that? So we, <laughs> we picked the right day then. But uh, Barbara, now a big deal was made of this speech of Biden. You know that there was a meeting of civil rights leaders um, with him and people really not happy at all, uh, complaining that the Biden-Harris team is certainly not doing enough uh, to make sure, to ensure the right to vote, especially following the uh, most recent, the July 1st U.S. Supreme Court uh, decision that basically gave uh, uh, red states a green light to further suppress voting rights. So your reaction to uh, Biden's speech um, any substance, you think? Well, I Barbara thought, uh, you know, yes, I thought it was a, it was well delivered. It was forceful. He did a good job of reciting, you know, the historic barriers. He made a lot of promises as far as you know, uh, the Department of Justice redoubling the size of their voting rights division. He, uh, I thought, did a good job of laying out the case of the evil of voter suppression. Uh, in, in fact, you know, introducing the term of election subversion uh, repeatedly throughout his speech, uh, that he um, really did a good job of educating the American people about the issues regarding the counting of votes, how many of these evil voter suppression measures are designed uh, to change who counts the votes, making the outcome very, very suspect. Um, and I thought that he did a good job of talking about uh, the sweep of ways that we have to respond uh, to this crisis, not only legislatively, uh, but also in the courts, etc. cetera. Uh, and his democracy or autocracy uh, point was well done. I thought he did a, a good job of... Uh, also uh, speaking to, um, you know, have you no shame? Uh, that was, I think, one of the highlights of the speech. Um, there were a lot of, you know, good ones. However, beyond all of that, beyond the sound and the fury, there were some real misses, and I don't understand why. Um, and I really felt it was kind of misplaced to be talking about creating a coalition of faith leaders, civil rights groups. We're already out there. <laughs> We're already doing you know, amazing work. That's how 2020 happened, because we did all that work of reaching out to people, turning out 17 million more voters. I just, I found that a little frustrating that that, that was one of the ending points. I thought that was a nullity. Um, but there were other things that I just thought were missing, Margaret, and I'm very perplexed as to why they were missing. 
Yeah, and I mean, what so a, a lot of people are scratching their heads on it. I mean, considering it was really black women's vote in a lot of ways that yes. that um, gave that win to to Biden and uh, Clyburn. I'm I'm wondering what you thought because some he he put forward a proposal that seemed to be a little bit of a compromise some somehow to try to get something through uh, Congress. Um, you know without fully, fully taking on uh, the filibuster. And right now, it, it looks as though there is no room uh, for either of these bills to move forward without something dramatic really happening. Barbara Arnwine. Right. I thought there was a number of things that were missing. I would say there were at least five key elements that were missing from his speech. One, he did not call for no August recess until these bills are passed. Mm. Why would we be talking about the Senate going on recess on August 9th if it hasn't done its job? He could have called for that. He could have also called, as many people have pointed out, for filibuster reform. He's not going to get any of this legislation without it. Uh, So you can't be saying to everybody that you want them to swim and there's no water around. He knows that he has to move to open up the ability to have these bills passed. They cannot pass without filibuster reform. Uh, Certainly, we did not hear hear him talk about his LBJ moment. You know, LBJ didn't just give a speech to the nation. LBJ didn't just introduce the uh, 1965 Civil Rights Act. We uh, a Voting Rights Act, in this case, we know that he actually had meeting upon meeting upon meeting. There's pictures of all these meetings he had with uh, senators who he knew weren't wholeheartedly supporting the legislation or who were standing in the way. And where is his pledge to use his bully pulpit in that way. Uh, he yeah. needs to be calling in a whole lot of senators because it's, it's Manson, it's cinema, but it's a whole lot of other people who are hiding behind them who aren't standing up the way they should be doing. Uh, that was very, uh, you know, that's uniquely within his power. I thought it was interesting that he'd never mentioned D.C. statehood. Uh, you know, we, he mentioned uh, the For the People Act. He mentioned the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Those are powerful, needed, critical pieces of legislation. But the Senate also has sitting up in front of it D.C. statehood. No mention whatsoever. Uh, I also thought he could have, its uh, advisors could have creatively advised him to say that he would take to the road that he or, and the vice president would take to the road and would go out to these voter suppression states where they have passed these uh, 28 bills already of voter suppression in 17 states, that they would go there and meet with voters and let voters yeah. know and encourage them. There's so much that was missing, uh, and I did not understand any of these misses because they're significant misses. Uh, because you can't promise and not deliver on the promise. And that's Absolutely. what I heard last night. Was, I heard yesterday I heard a wonderful 
promised by her no method of delivery. Absolutely. I think uh, that's the view of, of so many people. Uh, Barbara Arnwine, we are going to continue, of course, to be following this. Tomorrow, we'll be speaking with the Reverend Liz Theo Harris, a joint coordinator of the Poor yeah. People's Campaign. They're planning oh, a yeah. whole series. They've begun a series of civil disobedience actions around the issue of, of voting rights, but also poverty and the fight for 15, etc. So we're going to continue this coverage. So we'll be talking with you again soon. And Barbara B well and safe all the best um with all your yes, <laughs> activity and, coming up and, and, yeah well you know saturday we're having those don lewis candlelight vigils all over the country at eight o'clock and okay asking people because we can all stand in this gap too, to make demands for change and so we're asking people to join these vigils there's hundreds there's over a hundred of them being held around the country people can go to good GoodTroubleVigil.org and find out uh, where's there uh, a vigil in your area and you can join and help lead. We really must all be in this fight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. We'll, we'll post that information on our social media. All the best. Thank you for joining us. Thank